Today's guest is a clinical professor, a licensed professional counselor, and has a lot of insight for you today. We're going to talk about how to make sure that we are on the right path with our life. We're going to learn how to discover our purpose with our guest, Terrence Z. You can be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. You can be the father, the husband, the leader that your family and your community needs. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I am glad that you guys are listening and tuning in today. Really grateful to have a chance to talk to you and to talk to today's guest. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to give a quick plug. We've got a contest going on right now. Uh, it's our Valentine's Day contest where you're going to get a chance to win a gift to give to your wife or your significant other. We've got some earrings by Haven Designed and Jawbone and Honey. These are some uh, creators that I'm familiar with. Uh, Haven Designed is actually my brother and his wife. And Jawbone and Honey is my friend, uh, Becca. And she makes uh, amazing polymer clay into all kinds of things. These look like gemstones, like Mother of Pearl or something. And Haven Designed does leather. Uh, and they're doing amazing, amazing work. And we're going to give away these three pair of earrings and a gift card that you can use to take your wife out for dinner for Valentine's Day. So if you want to enter, the, it's not going to be open for long. This is kind of a quick contest. So you need to go to manlyhood.com slash contests. Fill out the form, and we'll do a drawing soon and let you know who wins. Um, also, if you want to win extra chances to win, so you do the drawing, anybody can win, it's free. But if you want to get extra chances for every dollar that you uh, send to me, uh, through the page there at manlyhood.com slash contest. Every dollar that you send to me will give you another chance to win it. So, you know, if you really want to win it, shoot me some extra cash and you'll get every dollar will be an extra chance. But listen, guys, uh, we're doing some awesome, exciting things here at Manlyhood. And I'm so grateful that uh, we've been able to do this with you. That we've been able to do this together. Uh, men, if you are not in our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Man Cave, you need to join. Just go to Facebook, type in Manlyhood Man Cave, join the group. We would love to have you there. We can answer your questions, but all kinds of stuff. It's a, it's a place where guys can help guys become better, where we can encourage each other and build each other up. And it's been a really great community, and I'm grateful for the guys that are in there and the way that they look out for each other. Today's guest is a first-degree black belt, a first-degree senior black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, he used to study architecture, and then he realized that what he wants to do is help people. And so he studied counseling and psychology and how to become a, a man that helps people. He found his purpose. And that's what he's going to talk to us about today is not only how to find your purpose, but how you can live a life that matters and a life that you want to live. Without further ado, here's Dr. Terrence Z. Johnson. Terrence, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm really glad we could have this conversation today. How's it going, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Josh. So, uh, Terrence, why don't you tell us a little bit about your work, what it is that you're doing. Uh, you're doing some pretty cool stuff, so just maybe introduce yourself a little if you could. Yeah, so for me, I guess the best way to put it is, like, I love to help people develop, and I've done that different ways, because I think we all need to be our best self or know what it looks like. But a lot of times we have a lot of barriers that stop us from getting there. So I've done different things to help people overcome certain things, whether it was counseling, whether it was teaching. Um, like I've done a lot of mentoring. Uh, and so with all those things, you meet people in different phases of life. They got different situations going on. And you really get to meet the human people and not the people, like the media perception of like what life's supposed to be or what people should be or aspire to be was like people going through real life and trying to figure that out like all of us are and sometimes we need more assistance than others but um we have you know people we're resilient and i think that's what i help people find best in themselves like 
what's the power that they already have. Not that I have the power. They have the power in themselves. I'm just reminding them, like, hey, this is what you can do. These are the options that you really have instead of just looking at your past and saying, like, but this didn't work and that didn't work. Well, I can't do anything other than what I'm doing now. And I think that's what people need to hear, especially now, is about empowerment and not necessarily, like, what's wrong with them because we live with ourselves. We know what's wrong with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't need reminders of that. It's like we need to know the good things about ourselves to then move forward uh, and refine some of those things about ourselves. So so one of the things that I've heard you talk about is this concept of purpose. Mm -hmm. And uh, what does that look like? So I, I believe purpose can be a, when people think about it, think of like a catch-all term or they think some far off like, well, I'm, I got a job, so, hey, I'm making money. That's right. I'm, I'm But I think purpose is a deeper thing. Purpose is a, it's, it's personal. So if you look at your life as a journey, your purpose kind of guides you. It's kind of that compass. And it might take you places that you never thought. I mean, that's what my, my purpose is taking me from, you know, I started off as an architecture major. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And then I went into psychology, I went into counseling, uh, then I, te I taught for a while. And so I didn't know that when I was in high school, I didn't know that's what I was going to do. I didn't know I like to help people, but your purpose will start to navigate and push you outside of your comfort zone. So I think that's one of the things to look at with purpose. Like, am I comfortable right now? And then why am I comfortable? Is that comfort? Because... Uh, I'm just in that season or am I comfortable because I'm afraid to push my limits? And I think for a lot of us, we're comfortable because we're afraid to push our limits. And that can be, <laughs> that can be a discomfort after a while. It's kind of like, you know, when you in a blanket and you, you good, you laying down it's like, it's fine for a while, but after a while, like, I need to get up. This I can't just lay in the bed all day long, you know, and I think that's what we do. In life, it's like, oh, this comfortable. I can watch TV. I can do this. And it's like, but is that really comfortable, though? Can I be doing something better with my time? And I think that's what purpose does. It makes you get up. It makes you have to go and try stuff and be afraid and uncertain. And, like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I feel a, like something compelling me or I feel called to do that or led to do that. And I think that's the best way to explain purpose. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I My life took a drastic and positive turn when I took the time to actually write out my purpose, my mission, my vision, my values, and just to actually put it on paper. And then I'm like, that's who I am. That's what I do. That's why I do the things I do. And it just, it helped me to take the time to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, and in what you say, I think that's important for people to write stuff down because we keep so much in our head. And, you know, even with technology, you think, oh, I can type it into my notes on my phone or do something like that. But it's something about writing it down that it's almost like when you, once you write it, it becomes real. It's like, oh, I got to do something with this. And I think that's the good thing about writing things down. Like you see it and it's like, oh, it's real now. It's, it's not just I'm thinking about it. I wrote it down. So now I need to put some action to it. I think that's what makes us not want to write stuff down because of that. When, when you talk about helping people, um, I think a lot of men are, a lot of men that I know that I've talked to, they're afraid mm -hmm. of the entire concept of psychology and talking mm -hmm. to somebody when they've got a problem. Yeah. What do you say to those guys? So I, I'm glad you had the question. So it looks different because the way men, the way we're wired, we feel differently. It's not that we don't feel, we feel differently and we express feelings differently. So for a lot of guys, it's like, I don't want to sit in front of somebody and talk about what, or tell, uh, have people tell me about myself. I don't want to, why? why I, I know me, like, I know I'm going to do what I want to do. But you have to, I think for most men is if you attach it to something, it's like you wrap it, it's almost like you're telling a story. So if you know what the person is involved with or whatever, just like, if a person works out or they like to be outside, if you wrap 
their situation around the world that they're familiar with, then it's easy to take, you know, certain things. So it's just like, okay, if a person, you know, a guy played football, it's like, okay, look, like right now, it's like you the quarterback of his life and you keep getting sacked. And he's like, why I keep getting sacked? Like, what's going on? Like, why my line won't hold for me? You know what I'm saying? But but it, it creates a visual. It's like, oh, I get this. So it's like, oh, I'm allowing things to come into my life that's hurting me. And it's like, oh, I need to have a line in front of me of things that are barriers to help to protect me, myself in a positive way. And so it's like, then it's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, it's not like... Oh, so how do you feel? Are you feeling depressed? You know, that kind of stuff. That's why people don't want to do therapy because they have that conception of that. But the other piece is some people don't necessarily need counseling. They need skills Mm -hmm. because, you know, just like, like our parents and grandparents, they grew up a certain way, but they grew up a certain way because they passed down lessons and skills to each other. Our generation is like we got farther away from that because maybe we didn't have grandparents like that or we didn't have those authority figures around us that talked to us and taught us things. So it's like you can ask people to do something now. It's not that they don't want to. They don't know how. They don't know what that looks like. And so some some people just need the skills. And I think that's where, where I've been now is like, Instead of just trying to look at things in a therapy framework, how can we look at it at a skill standpoint or a training standpoint? Like, what are the things that people need now that they've missed? And how can those things be taught to then be proactive and prevent some mental health issues? And I think that's how my framework is being so Because I've done the direct work for so long, or I taught people, you know, I taught other, like, counselors and therapists, now it's like, okay, everyday people need practical things that they can apply to their life because that will help them because a lot of them, they might not have the time to sit down. And it takes a lot of effort to do the work on yourself. Everybody's not ready to do that, but they may need some skills that can help ease them into it. And then when they're ready, now they can fully commit. And I think that's one thing, too. I, I definitely... Th- kind of echo what you're saying there because I think like I know even for myself working through the garbage you know because like my my responses to any given situation right. are going to be based off the things that I've learned and the things I've, that I've known and the things I've experienced and I've built my own system for how to mm-hmm. handle those things and it's not always healthy right. and and I, I have a bad set of skills that aren't dealing with it properly let's say Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sit down with somebody, especially somebody that I don't know well or that I don't trust, and right. say, here's all the crap that's inside of me, man. What do you think of this? Because right. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to cry, and there's nothing wrong with a man crying. Right. But I don't want to. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? But I, I, and the truth is we all may need to go to that place. Mm-hmm. But if, like you said, if, if we can learn those skills uh, on the front end, mm-hmm. then we can start – being healthy enough to maybe get down to the roots and, and right. start dealing with it. What are, right. what are some of the skills that you that you that you teach? So my my big thing is two things that I've been working on for a while, and I'm um, about to release some of it. And so one is path to purpose, and it's really about that journey that you go on. And so one thing is awareness. So it's it's four phases that we really um, focus on in our business is awareness shift alignment and community and so in order to make any change you need to be aware of where you are right now and not just in a like a mental health standpoint but holistically so you know think about your uh, emotional state your mental your physical which has a lot to do with a lot of things that people overlook you know relationships uh, spirituality that has a piece to it but also your environment and it's not like just are you outside but the environments that you're in in your day to day life what the, what kind of effect does that have on you because you know if we looking at it from a male perspective 
we're in environments where we have to be present or be responsible for things or whatever like that. So it takes energy away from us to be in a lot of settings in our in our day to day life. What environments give us energy back? You know, some of us is like working out, some of us being outside, some of us, you know, so it works different ways. But you got to have a way to replenish that, and that's one thing, because because it, it kind of had like man talk or how we talk about feelings and i know for me and it's, it's kind of common for a lot of guys too like if we're real stressed out or even depressed or something like that we'll say we tired like, i'm just tired i'm just tired or we'll just be angry <laughs> yeah yeah they're tired they're tired is a blanket statement for a lot of other things and we don't want to go into all of it but tired can be multiple things Right. And so I know if I say, like, oh, I'm tired, it's like, I might be tired, but tired has a lot of levels. And I need to be aware of that because uh, I need to know what to do with that. And then with the shift, it's like, okay, well, now that I know where I'm at, what things need to change? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'm not getting sleep. Maybe I'm not, you know, exercising or getting sleep like I need. Or, you know, maybe I'm around people that, are not really good for me. I might need to cut some people off or whatever. So it's like in a, a, a total life assessment of like, okay, where am I? Where do I want to go? And then what changes I have to make? Because most people is like, I want to lose weight, but they want, you know, they want to have like a hundred pounds lost in a week and they want to be able to take pictures on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work that way. It's like, you don't have to sacrifice some things. And I think that's one thing that people don't, they don't even consider it's like i want this but if you want that then you have to stop doing this you have to let go of this you have to change this and that's what people don't really consider i read an article the other day that said that when you post on social media Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go on a diet i'm gonna lose this weight or something like that i'm gonna set this goal i'm gonna do this thing then everybody gets on there and they like it or they send you little hearts or they send you comments good for you i believe in you and that ends up making you get all of the emotional reward without right. having to do anything, and then you don't do anything. Right, right, right. And, and that's, that's <laughs> we get claps and all that kind of stuff, for all kind of stuff we put on, on social media, but it doesn't really propel us forward because the work that needs to be done is not going to be posted. Mm-hmm. It's going to be outside of that, and that's where that alignment comes in. So it's like, okay, what are my daily practices that I need to right. do to then start to close the gap of where I am and where I want to be. And then that's the work. That's the real work. It's like, that's the work you have to do every day to keep yourself on track. I'm not saying you won't have bad days, but you know, your parameters are like, Oh, okay. I skipped this. Oh, I ate this that I didn't need to eat today. Okay. Let me, let me get back on track. And then the community is, you know, you need people around you that's positive, but also to hold you accountable. But also that sense of like, hey, I belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we all need that. Uh, and we, some of us need various degrees of that uh, because our, you know, personality, or whatever. Because I'm, I'm an introvert, and most people don't think that. But I like to, so I like people, but I like to not be around people because <laughs> I need to be to myself to recharge. And so like, I can hang out and have a community, and they're like, okay, now I'm going back <laughs> being to myself. Uh, but that, those are the four things. So it's like, if you, the more aware you are of yourself and what you need and how you're wired, then that helps you move forward. So with that alignment part of the process, uh, Mm -hmm. what do you, do you, do you have systems or anything like that, that you recommend for somebody who's like, you know, how to break that goal down into something more manageable or those daily habits? How does that, how does that work? So I would say. So just depend. So let's take since we talk about working out, let's just use that. So one thing that I I, I found a while ago, it was talking about 168 hours. So that's how many hours we have in a week. A lot of times people get overwhelmed when they set goals because they do it in a way that it is not manageable for them. So instead of having so many things on your calendar, because I used to be that person, I used to be a black bear person, so I, so I used to have all the stuff lined out, I started to create zones of time for me to do things. And so if you got 168 hours during the week, then you can say like, okay, 
this week I want to work out for five hours total. So it doesn't really matter if you do it each day. You just know that's your benchmark. Or like you talking about writing or journaling. So like, okay, this week I want to journal three hours. However you do that, it's, it's however you do it. You can do 30 minutes this day, an hour this day. So it doesn't have to be so confining. But it gives you that sense like at the end of the week, like, okay, this is kind of what I did with my time this week. And that's the thing. It's not that we don't have time. We just mismanage the time wrong. Or we, we you know, binge watch stuff or we get on Netflix. So we get on YouTube. Like I said, I had to watch YouTube because I'll, I'll, I'll waste time on YouTube and get down a rabbit hole. So I know YouTube <laughs> thing I got to watch. So once you look at it like that, and it's like, oh, this is how I'm spending my time. And I think that's how you then start to construct what works for you because – I can't tell you, say, like, hey, all right, Josh, you need to work out 10 hours this week. That might not be where you're at right now. But you might be able to do a good four hours split up between the seven days. And that might be a good start for you. And then you can increase it as you go along. And so I think that's one way that people can can start. It's like, okay, this is where I can start right now with the time that I have. When you talk about community, um, I know a lot of guys that I've talked to over the years, they'll, they'll say things like, I, I don't even know how to start that. Like, I don't, I can't find anybody that I connect with. Nobody, everybody in my life is, you know, enabling me. They don't have the people that are, that are going to be propelling them forward and encouraging them to do the right things. And they don't even know where to start with that. Any recommendations? Yeah. So, all right, I'll, I'll throw out a couple of them. So it all depends on what type of connection they're looking for. So... If it's professional connections, because we need those too. If it's professional connections, one place that I found that's worked well for me is Lunch Club. Uh, and it's a it's a site. It pretty much takes like your LinkedIn profile and you get this. Uh, they ask you like certain questions every day. It's like little, little quick questions. And it uses AI to create a profile of the person that would that you would connect with this hmm. and so and like you don't have to worry about booking it or finding the people or whatever you just say like hey today at four o'clock i'm available to meet somebody and then maybe that day before you get an email and it says like hey you mean josh today at four this is kind of what he's looking to do or this is his background this is linkedin stuff and then you can chat on there, and then you just do it through Zoom. They have their own Zoom link. You go to the website, and you do it through there. And, like, I've met a lot of cool people there, but then they've connected me to so many other people uh, also. So that's one thing. Uh, the second would be um, if they're looking, if a person, especially a guy, if you're looking for just some fun things to try out, to do, and a lot of people don't know this, but Airbnb has uh, online experiences that you can do. So just like you would do if you went on vacation and had, like, different things you add to your package or whatever, you can do them online. So they got, like, meditation stuff, cooking stuff. You know, they have stuff you can make drinks and all that kind of stuff. Or it could be, like, date night stuff. So all those things you can do, they like, $10, $15 a piece. Uh, and so that's one thing to kind of have a more activity-based kind of community <laughs> thing. And then for me, what I've been experiencing now, because I've kind of I've, I've moved to a new place, so I've just been like two years here in Galton, so I'm close to Nashville. So one place I've been kind of finding a community is at the gym. So I got uh, invited to a gym around here, and I, I've been connecting with a lot of the guys there. And that's been cool for me because uh, I like to work out, but because of the pandemic, I just was not touching the gym <laughs> for a while. So, like, I do work out at, at my apartment. So now everything's kind of not easing up, but it's, it's different. Uh, that's been a place that I've met some other guys and uh, been able to hang out and just talk. I had a community um, as well as, you know, starting to do another thing. It might be volunteering. 
and finding different opportunities to volunteer and meet people that way. So that's another way I've, I've found that too. So those are some tools that I had never thought about to do that. And I really like that because that's a good starting place. Cause you, in order to get a deep, meaningful friendship where you can talk about the hard stuff, you actually have to put out there, put yourself out there and meet some people and make some yeah. friends. And I have found that if I need somebody who wants to talk deep, if you're the first one who can just step out of your comfort zone enough to say, man, I, you know, can we talk? Mm -hmm. can, I, can we get a little deeper with this? I need to talk about something. I think most people are waiting to be asked yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but the problem is nobody wants to, like this morning, uh, there's a friend, he's a lifelong friend. I've known him forever. And we've had deep conversations. Uh, but I saw him at the convenience store this morning. He said, how you doing? And it wasn't, you know, it was one of those times when I, the answer to it wasn't fine. It was not fine, you know? Yeah. And I knew yeah. it. And, and I'm like, I, I normally would have just not said anything. Said, yeah, all right, good to see you, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and just to be real with somebody opens up that door. And we had a quick conversation. I didn't get into all the details. I didn't right. have to spill all the drama. I just right, right. said, hey, there's a little bit of drama going on in this situation and it's weighing heavy on me. And yeah, I'm a little, it, it, it'll get, a, you know, as positive, it's going to get better. It'll work itself out, you know, but I, I still shared what the, the realness of it. And if we don't do that, then you're, and you can't always do it right off the bat with somebody you just met. Right, right, right. But, right. but if you build that relationship and take the time and put in the work, you know, you can do that. Yeah. And, and one thing, just like what you were saying, I think is being comfortable just telling your story. And that's one thing I had to get used to because, you know, for a long time, like I said, I'm not a real, I'm, I'm kind of a private person, but I just got to the point where I just didn't care about people knowing about, you know, things about me because I had healed those things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the things too that makes it easier to open up is when you work through some of those things to be able to talk about those. Because once I, what, what I realized is a lot of the things that we go through is to help somebody else mm -hmm. say it, then they don't get that reassurance. Like, oh, you went through that too. I didn't know. Okay. Let me tell you about mine. And I think that's the, the give and take is like, once I'm open to share and, and not like, oh, I don't know what you're going to do with this is, you know, just like you were saying it, you know, the, the certain thing that you're you feel safe to share and you mm -hmm. feel like hey, it's not going to affect me too much, but I know this might be beneficial to the person I'm talking to. So mm -hmm. I'm share this. I think that creates that space to be like, oh, okay, so I know if we need to talk again or whatever. I know pieces of where you are and where I am. And then that can help when other things come down the line. Cause it's, it's not, especially like what you were saying too, Especially men, it's not too many of it's not too many guys that call us and say like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" You know, and actually want an answer. Right. <laughs> they right. might say it, but they just mean, "How you doing?" And you're supposed to just say, "I'm fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and, and it's good to and like I say, I'm I'm blessed that I do have some some uh, like cousins and friends and people like that when I. I know I need to talk, I can, and they willing to listen. And that's one thing that's difficult being in a space where you've been the helper all the time. Mm -hmm. People always call you to feel better, but you don't really have as many people that you can call and say like, Hey, I'm going through a situation. Cause they're like, Oh, look, you tan, you always helping people out. You got it. You, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> like <Yeah>. help me. <laughs> I need to talk, you know, sometimes. And I think that's the balance too. It's like, it, it's easy to always appear that you have it all together. And sometimes they could be harmful to you because people might not believe you when you say you're going through something uh, or they diminish what you're going through. Cause like, oh, that, oh, you always figure it out. You'll figure it out. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to balance that, that, authenticity i don't like the word vulnerability but that's what it is mm -hmm. you know but to balance that realness you know mm -hmm. with uh, you know the fact that 
you know, people need you as much as you need them. And it's, it's hard. To, it's a lot of give and take. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. been my experiences too, man. I, I definitely sometimes struggle with that. And I'm learning to, to know who I can trust to, to have those conversations. But the only reason I have those people is because we've built up that time, that relationship right. over time. You know, it, it's like a garden. The only reason you have the tomatoes is because you planted them and then you watered them and then you weeded them and you fed them every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so tell me some tell me some more about some ways, man, that uh, that you're that you're helping helping people work through stuff. Well, one thing, because I, I see me being able to help people being just not a static thing. So it's not just necessarily me talking or speaking or working with somebody one-on-one and I write too. And so I do, I got a blog on Medium. And so I share a lot of these things in real life scenarios or like some of my own scenarios and wrap them around like stories or whatever. And sometimes people resonate more with that too, like the written word. And it gives practical things of just like one, one one I did a couple months ago, I called the hater within because we always talking about, you know, you know, oh, I got haters and people hating on me. It's like, no, you hate on people too. And you need to know that about yourself and why you do that. And, you know, and I, I just had to be honest with myself because, you know, you can scroll social media and do all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, they doing this. And, oh, look at this person. They doing that and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, and this person doing this and all that. And you like, Am I hating a little bit? You know, like, am I, and why am I hating? You know, and we all get that. And, and, and you know, I think for me, it's just trying to normalize what people go through, because uh, we all have those things. We got the good parts of ourselves, and we got the parts we still working on. And that's all of us. And I think that's what people need to hear. I think for the most part, people try and say like, "Oh, how well they're doing," and I just try and present myself as human. Um, because that's what people connect with. So, so that's one. And then, um, I will be doing some more workshops, trying to do them live. Uh, but I have done some online ones that I'll probably start back doing, um, as well as, you know, I'm not going to put a date on it, but what the other push that's been on me is to do, do my own podcast. And I've been working on it for a while, but that's one way that I want to extend the conversations uh, with people because I, I met so many great people that I want to share with other people and have them share their stories and how they help people. So that's another one too. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good idea. I think you'd you'd have a great podcast. So I'm looking forward to that when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> let us know. Let us know because we can. We'll get the word out when that happens. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Appreciate it. So. Um, Tell me a little bit, you know, you talked about your own story and how, you know, you thought you wanted to be an architect <laughs> and now, yeah. now this is completely different than that. What, oh, away, far away from it. <laughs> tell me about that process for you. How did you discover this man? So I remember, and like I said, it, it all, it kind of evolved. The reason that I stumbled upon architecture is because I just randomly took art I think my junior year in high school, and I discovered I could draw. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I could draw. And then my my uh, my teacher, she's like, hey, hey, you ever considered architecture? I was like, what's that? And she was like, hey, you know this. this. And so we had uh, one of my English teachers. We had to do a paper, and we had to shadow somebody. Her son was an architect, so I shadowed him downtown, and you know saw the blueprints and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So. I applied, I, um, I went to Mississippi State, so um, I applied there and went to design camp that summer before freshman year. And like a week, you know, all high school students, this is our first time being on campus, so we get up, get to stay up late and hang out and all that kind of stuff. And we built like models. I built a chair out of uh, cardboard that I used to have somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it, you, you could sit on it. like. It was, so, uh, yeah, it was a lot of time in the architect's building, and my freshman year, I didn't do anything. I was in the architect's building 
all day, every day. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily the, I wanted to help people. I, what I wanted to do is kind of create things or build things for like low income families and stuff like that people need. And I was like, I don't know if I'm really going to be able to make that impact here. So, but I always knew I wanted to help people. And I had done things before at the Boys and Girls Club and all that kind of stuff. And I decided to change my major, like going into my second season, my sophomore year. And I went back and forth with it because a lot of my family helped me out with like getting supplies. You know, we had to get a drafting board. That was like $250. Uh, you had to pay for everything, architect, so it wasn't covered. So it was expensive too. So like, man, people invested in me to do this, and now I'm changing my mind. I don't know if I should or not. And I ended up changing it, and I told everybody, I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, so I changed it. You know, it's like, you want to hear that? Like, oh, okay, I'm stressing out. They're like, oh, okay. Uh, and so I changed it to psychology. And that's when everything started, like, falling in place for me. But I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do after I got my undergrad because a psychology degree is like, you know, it's just like nothing. You know, yeah. <laughs> for one part, you had to do something else with it in order to make it. Yeah, that'll work. make you that'll make you a psychologist secretary, maybe. That's about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's not much you can do, but entry level stuff. So I I went and got in a master program in counselor ed, and uh, my training my program was half student affairs and half community counseling, and so I did both of those in my career. I worked on college campuses and I did community mental health for a while. And that's when I saw the real world. That's what I tell people. If you, you're a therapist, social worker, whatever, you see the world how it is and not how people perceive it. Because people see stuff on the news like, oh, they did that. You heard about this? You're like, you, I, I know all of it. <laughs> I, I see it every day. And you and I think that's when you see the humanity in people because there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of things and it hasn't stopped them. Uh, and you really get to, it humbles you because you may not have come from the same background as them, but you have to bring yourself down to a level where you can relate to them and make them feel you know safe, but you also respect them too, even if they look different you know, sound different, whatever they, you know, the background is different and you accept them. And I think that's one thing that's a great learning tool is to be in front of a broad array of people and situations. And, um, and so, yeah, I just went from there in a different uh, uh, environments where I did like career coaching at, at a college. I did, uh, I was a therapist in the counseling center. So I worked at Jackson State for a while. Everybody knows Jay State because Dion there now. <laughs> football coach, but he wasn't there when I was there. <laughs> so I worked there for a while and then. Before it was cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, was it was still cool, but it wasn't, it wasn't cool. You know, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, yeah. And, uh, and so I started, I, one of my coworkers, she was in a specialist program and that's how I kind of stumbled upon like the doctor program because they were creating this new one at Mississippi college. And, um, and that's what, you know, she just said, Hey, you might want to check it out. I ended up getting into it. And then because I had my license, our director asked us like during orientation, if we wanted to teach. So I started the doctor program. I was a student. And I was adjunct teaching at the same time throughout the whole program. For like three and a half years of doing that, like being a student and a teacher. Uh, and I was still working for most of that time, still at Jack State, uh, counseling people. So I did that for like three and a half years straight. Like that schedule for a while. Um, and yeah, it was a lot, but even with that, and I think just like what we're talking about today, that journey, even with all those successes and all those things, my dad was sick that whole time. Mm. So I was helping take care of him, me and my mom, 
He was back out, back and forth out the hospital, but I didn't use that as an excuse to not like do my work or not come to class or whatever. And uh, my professor knew the situation, but I didn't allow that to be an excuse for me. Uh, and it was rough. Like it was rough. Like sometimes I leave class, go to the hospital. Sometimes I'd be in between stuff or taking him to appointments or whatever and grading papers or whatever. And it's just that's what people need to you know need to know because they see like oh you did this and you, they see pictures or like certificates or things like no this was hard <laughs> the yeah. whole time you know but uh, that's what builds that resilience in you too because. It's like, okay, I know the people that I'm helping, they're going through things too. This is just my situation right now. Uh, just like they have a situation. Yeah. Wow, Terrence. What, what, what kind of sickness did your dad have? Was it cancer or? No. So he started, he had an aneurysm first. That was the first thing. Then he had like a light stroke. He had like another slight aneurysm. And like blood clots. So over a span of about like seven years, like every year we were going back to the hospital or something. Um, and that started before he was back home with me, but it was just a lot of things. So yeah, we lived at the hospital for like seven years for the most part. Yeah, yeah that'd be real difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So me in hospitals, like uh, I don't, you know, I, I, I know how they operate. Yeah. Uh, so, but but yeah, but it, it was, but that taught me a lot too. But it was also a time for me and my dad to kind of reconnect. So that was good that we had time. And then, like I said, he just he passed last November, so it's almost coming up to a year. But um, that's why. I can talk about it the way I do because we spent so much time together during that time and having those conversations and stuff. And so I think that's another thing too with guys, like our relationship with our fathers and communicating things that we might have wanted to say and we didn't say or we want to get out of our chest. And that's kind of how I have peace with it because I. I made sure I said what I needed to say to him while he was here, and we had that mutual understanding. It took work, just like you're talking about relationship. Yeah. That relationship took work. <laughs> it took a lot of work. But, you know, I'm glad to go through that journey. That, that gave me a lot. Yeah, I had a similar situation, maybe not as long-term with my mm -hmm. dad, but he had, uh, he had throat cancer. And, and we lost him a few years ago. And uh, that was a tough situation to work through, man. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, and I still, gosh, it's been three years, three plus years and almost four years. And I still just kind of like hit those moments where it's like, gosh, that still hurts, you know? But, yeah. yeah. And, and, and going into a hospital or somebody the other day shared a picture uh, from that time frame, you know? And uh, just to see my dad, you know, strongest man alive in a hospital bed could hardly breathe by himself you know and i'm like yeah no i don't want to go back there <laughs> yeah yeah no i that was yeah, hard yeah no it, it it was i think for me this year i was good like you know how you get to a point you kind of heal and you kind of accept it like okay he gone i know that i kind of went through my whole range of feelings like okay i feel like i'm good and then father father day weekend came and he like <laughs> laid me out like I didn't do anything the week I was like why am I what is happening like I thought I was good you know and uh but the 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 uh the blessing of it after my dad passed like I have a sister but you know she has a different mother and we never grew up around each other we knew of each other but we never grew up around each other and after my dad passed that's when we really like after the funeral we like look we gonna have a relationship, you know, we gonna make sure we invest time in that. And so that's what we've done. So we talk every Sunday evening, like everybody knows, <laughs> that's our time. And so we built that relationship and that, that was something that helped me with the transition because it was somebody I could talk to that was feeling it the same way I was feeling it. And you know, yeah. sometimes with grief, you can't say what you want to say, 
in the way that you need to because people might take offense of it or whatever and we could just talk freely like we like we were feeling in real time and that helped us so that was one that was one blessing even though that was hard i i gained my sister and we have a great relationship so uh that was that's been helpful for me wow that's an awesome story man thanks for sharing that yeah no, no. terrence um i like to ask all my guests a couple of questions and yeah. uh i love i get all kinds of different responses to it too which also yeah. makes it a lot of fun yeah the, the first question is this what does it take to be a man so the way i answer that i think that that word of man is not being or it's like becoming and it's always a becoming i think you always are redefining yourself as a man I think if you're not growing or things are not challenging you, then you're trying to shy away from it. So it's like being a man is acceptance of like, I'm going to continue to grow and life is going to continue to teach me things that I need. And that's okay because it's a journey. I think what we make is like, when do I feel like a man? I think that's what makes us feel empty sometimes. Like, well, I'm not like that. I'm not like this person or I, you know, and that makes us feel like, well, I'm not a man like they're a man. It's like, no, we all have a different journey. And I think the more we accept our journey, then that makes us more and more of the man that we need to be. I think that's a great, a great picture of that because it's, yeah, you're right. It's a process. You know, my, yeah. the 18-year-old me was a man, but he wasn't the same man that, that you know, 44-year-old right. me is, you know. Right, right, right. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> look, I, look, I'm trying to remember the 18 year old me. I, 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 yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Awesome. He, he thought he wanted to do architecture, man. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that was, yeah, that was around that time. Yeah, that, I was the architect. Yeah, that was, that was 18 year old me. Yeah, that was. Uh, my next question is: If you were to run into 10 year old Terrence, he's not Doctor Terrence yet. He's yeah, he's 10 year old Terrence. What do you want to tell him? I would tell him that not to lose his sense of adventure. I think at 10 years old, I was all about that. And I lost that over the span. I'm getting back to that. But I lost that version of me trying to excel and move up the ladder or whatever. It's just like work and do it and grind and all that. And now it's like I want to balance that out where I can move forward and do things and challenge myself but do it in a way that's like fun because I'm, I'm a fun guy I, I believe I'm a fun guy <laughs> so it's like I, I like to be that version of me instead of you know I've been in situations where I had to be more serious whether it's you know because of profession or I did a lot of you know I had a lot of responsibility at church and whatever so it's like I, I, I want to balance now yeah yeah I think that's good advice do you think 10 yeah. year old Terrence would have listened or do you think he would have shot it off? I think he would. I mean, I think he would because I'm not. I'm not too much different than. I mean, like I said, writing and all those things that people see, like me posting and stuff like that. That's that's me. That's always been me. I haven't always just put that out front as me. Uh, so so yeah. Good. All right. My next question is: What is your best advice for the men listening today? I would say is, I would say the best advice I could tell another man is that you know more about yourself than anybody else and trust that because too often we allow the voices of everybody else to cloud what we already know deep down that we need to do for ourselves or we look for other people to validate what we feel and they might not. But that's okay. But we know, it's just like going back to that compass. We all have that internal compass within us guiding us and telling us like, hey, this this fit, this is the direction. Now, that might not be the direction we want to go in <laughs> and feel like we're comfortable or confident in going in, but we know that more than we trust. And I think that's the, that's the advice I would say is like, know that you're the expert of yourself and don't allow other people to be the expert of you 
you be the expert of yourself and then allow that to shape your world. Excellent advice, my friend. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for that to happen, man? Uh, so the best way for them to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So if they're on LinkedIn, that's the best way to connect with me there. I, I post a lot of content on there. Uh, if they read or they like to read or they just want to read some of the stuff I've, re I've written, uh, they can go to Medium. Uh, my handle on there is at Life Excavator, L-I-F-E-E-X-C-A-V-A-T-O-R. I'm trying to make sure I spell it right. <laughs> I think that's right. You know, Life Excavator was all, all one. Uh, but that's that's where you can find me pretty much anywhere. Uh, LinkedIn, well, not LinkedIn. That's not my ad at LinkedIn. But on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Medium, it's all at Life Excavator. So, um, and then, uh, let me see what else. Uh, we have our, our progress page. So that's at I-P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-C-C. Uh, that's our handle on Facebook and, and Instagram, I believe. Uh, and so some things are posted there. And then you can look me up on Facebook at Terrence Johnson. Um, and that's why I post a lot of my things that I post on LinkedIn too. Awesome. Well, I'll make so, sure to link all those in the show notes. So if anybody wants to connect you with you on one of those platforms, they can just scroll down and click it and get in touch with you. So, yeah. And I'll make sure I send you my, uh, my link tree. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. So, Hey, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today, man. I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah. No, look, I appreciate it too, Jeff. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, Doc, thankful that I could have you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, your insight with us. Uh, hope things go well for you guys. If you want to connect with uh, Dr. Terrence Z. Johnson, please check out the show notes. We've got uh, some links to what he's doing, and let's, uh, let's connect and show him some support. If you uh, appreciate the work we're doing here at Manlyhood, please let us know. Leave a rating or a review if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. Let's And, and share the episodes that we're doing with people that you know would appreciate it. You know, if you want to share it on social media, if you want to send them a message, a lot of our traffic actually comes from people sending an episode to somebody else. So if you know that this episode is going to help somebody, please send it along. But I love you guys and I appreciate all that you're doing to help us grow, help us reach people, help us to continue to help men be better men. That's our mission here is to, to educate and equip men to be better men and to do it in an engaging and entertaining way. And I hope that's what we're doing. But I want you to know, guys, that I do care about you and I love you. And I'll catch you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. 